Well, greetings, everyone. It's the Monty Man from Take 12 Recovery Radio. And on this day last year, the recovery community and the world said goodbye to a man who will always be remembered as one of the most humble of God's children, Mr. Bruce H. Bruce was my sponsor for the majority of my days as an active member of my 12-step fellowship. Over the years, Bruce sponsored countless men who now live free from substance abuse, and many are serving God by continuing to carry the message of recovery and hope as Bruce taught them to do so very well. As you listen to this broadcast from last year, it is our hope that if you knew Bruce, you will see this hour as a fond reflection of a man that loved deeply, gave of himself unconditionally, and served his Lord faithfully. For those of you who have never met this kind man, perhaps this will give you pause to reflect on someone who Bruce reminds you of, someone you can honor by continuing to carry their legacy by serving others as Bruce did. So, on this one-year anniversary of Bruce going home to be with his Heavenly Father, we say, well done, good and faithful servant. And now... Bruce's story in memory of Bruce H., co-host, sponsor, brother, and friend. (laughs) And now, here are your co-hosts, Sandy W., Bruce H., and now, here are your co-hosts, Stephanie H., Bruce H., now, here are your co-hosts, Eve D., Bruce H., and now, here are your co-hosts, Tony, Bruce Now, here are your co-hosts, Marv R., Bruce H., and now, here are your co-hosts, Melissa T., Bruce H. Absolutely. I think that it all boils down to one thing. But I don't work with everybody just because they've been to the pen. Monty, I'm convinced (laughs) that we can all come together. My sisters taught me to open the door. Mm-hmm. Don't go out on a date and, and not get out of the car and open the door for your date. There are people that come into Alcoholics Anonymous that no more need that. They just need these, this fellowship uh, that they get from Alcoholics Anonymous. Remember what our faith is in. It's God and Christ in Christ and God. So I recognize my need that my faith has to be grounded in something for I can check it out with people that are even the ones that are teaching me. My faith is based in the Bible. My recovery program was based in the book of Alcoholics Summit. Do you see I have a, a place to go to? You ask me, well, right. where did those beliefs come from? Right. Biblical. That's where mine are. That's where mine right. are based. I believe it's the living word of God, see? <laughs> the views expressed on the following broadcasts do not necessarily reflect those of KHLT, Take 12 Radio, or our affiliates. The opinions on this show should not be considered as medical, psychological, or professional advice and are those of the host, co-host, and guest. 
Take 12 Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting are not affiliated with any particular 12-step fellowship. Well, welcome aboard to the Take 12 Recovery Radio Show, The Great Reality. Tony is here. Good morning. Denver. Good morning. And Marv. Yes, sir. As we bring to you this very special memorial show, remembering our brother Bruce H., what a guy for a time such as this. In uh, the last, well, many, many years, uh, Bruce H. has been uh, my co-host in here. And so at the very beginning of the show, you heard several intros mm. of different people that co-hosted the show with Bruce and myself. Mm. And... Um, you know, when I was putting it together, I was I was realizing, oh my gosh, there's just been a lot of people, and that's not even counting that that's just uh, open forum, what we call the great reality. That's not even counting some of the other shows that he did with me mm-hmm. when we were doing a show uh, every day of the week, uh, Monday through Friday. Um, <clears throat> so we have we have about four thousand shows in archives. Oh wow! That we've done over the last fourteen years. Mm. Uh, and you know, when you go back and you, you, you look at stuff like that, it kind of blows your mind. Mm-hmm. You know, I remember the very first show I did with a guy named Juan O because I, cause Juan O was a stickler about traditions, AA traditions. I, and, and, and that, and he was real dogmatic about it. You remember Juan O, right? Yes, Mark? yes I do. And I, I figured if Juan gave name? me the green light to do this, I'd be okay. Yeah. And he <laughs> did. And he even came on and said his last name, which was wild. And he told me, he said, anonymity has no place within the fellowship. Mm. Because how are you going to know who you are? Mm-hmm. You're not going to think. But he, he gave his last name, but he didn't identify as a member. I mean, it was just an excellent show. But the sound quality was horrible. <laughs> we had these horrible microphones. Uh, this was literally not a studio back then. It was just mm-hmm. the back half of a garage and a, a workbench and... <laughs> Here at this location, yeah. Oh, <laughs> it was a horrible, horrible deal. But, but uh, from from that from that show all the way to today, it's been an amazing journey. And Bruce H has uh, been a part of that. So, um, I've got a sound clip from him uh, that I want us to listen to, and then afterwards, I'd like us to just talk about him and <clears throat> what, what we what we think of you know what we remember uh, about him. I know Denver didn't get to know him well, but. He had listened to uh, a few broadcasts, and he did get to meet him, I think, once, right? Oh, no, a few times. A few times. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, here we go. Uh, This is entitled Remembering Bruce H. Uh, He sat down next to me in the old Group 1 meeting of what was then my 12-step home group. A husky man known for his plaid cotton shirts, old leather cowboy hat, and heavy mustache. Though I didn't know him well, he knew my name and was quick to say hello and begin a short conversation before the meeting was to begin. After spending several meetings with this interesting man, I grew to know him as a combination of firm, gentle, slightly (laughs) foul-mouthed, but always a curious personality. I'll never forget the time in the back coffee closet of that old meeting when he cussed me out for mentioning my higher power by name. His hand shook as he looked me straight in the eye and asked, Who in the hell do you think you are? Oh, my God. 
Now, you might think this would have caused a rift between us, but instead, it was the beginning of a relationship that went from angry acquaintance to 12-step brother, then friend, and eventually, Bruce H. became my sponsor and my mentor. As the years went by, Bruce began to work a 12-step program with his female sponsor. Some would balk at his decision to work with a member of the opposite sex, but for Bruce, this union was surely God-directed, as his sponsor would introduce Bruce to the Creator, the God who is God, the Savior of his soul and the author of his recovery. I laugh now as I recall the stories Bruce would tell of how he hated me for being a Christian and how he found himself now loving Jesus like he was the most precious thing he had ever known. He often referred to his relationship with Christ as going after God's love as if it were a diamond ring instead of an old shoe. As my friend grew in his relationship with God, he found himself doing so by applying and implementing the 12 steps of his recovery fellowship. His demeanor began to change from grumpy old man to the joy-filled believer we all came to know as Brother Bruce. His language even began to change. I remember him sharing with me that some folks had mentioned to him that he had a wonderful story to share, but it would lose its effectiveness through the profanity that was mixed in while he shared it. Bruce took that very seriously, and it wasn't long before he cleaned up his speech and his words became a powerful force for the witness of what God had done in his life. One of the strong realities that Bruce realized was that though 12-step support meetings were good as meetings went, they were not going to keep him sober if his dependence was on meetings alone. He often quoted the chapter in the big book entitled Working with Others, in which it is stated, Remind the prospect that his recovery is not dependent upon people, it is dependent upon his relationship with God. Though many shunned away from his strong stance on this, Bruce never wavered and always made sure those he worked with knew that God was the solution to his problems. To date, one of my fondest memories of our brother Bruce is when I asked him if he would consider co-hosting this radio program with me. After taking a moment, he replied by saying, I will agree to committing to three months only. <laughs> well, Bruce, Bruce co-hosted this show for over seven years. And during that time, he touched the hearts and lives of thousands of listeners. Neither Bruce nor I would know the impact he would have on so many lives. And his face would, faith, fate would have it. You're never a prophet in your own home. So many locally, for whatever reason, never tuned in to the shows Bruce co-hosted, but it did not diminish, diminish the message he would carry to a listening audience from all around the world. From Dubai to Australia, from the West to the East Coast, Bruce H. was the voice of truth, solution, and the heart of the message of what we know here at Take 12 Radio is the driving force behind the 12 steps, Jesus Christ. There is little to say that is adequate or equal about a man who gave so much, cared so deeply, and loved so unconditionally. How does one put into words the description of such a man but to say, Well done, good and faithful servant of the one true king. We will never forget your simple but powerful admonition to keep the faith. 
So there was a show we did uh, a couple of years ago, in two thousand, early 2015. Marv was here. Uh-oh. And uh, <laughs> it was called How Do We Get Here? Where uh, Bruce and Marv both took turns sharing their story of how they got here. Do you remember that? Sort of kind of. Sort of kind of? Yeah. yeah. So um, here is Bruce sharing his experience, strength, and hope. And, and I, I had asked the question, so who wants to tackle this first? And this is how Bruce started. I'll give it a go, and okay. I'll <laughs> keep this as short as I can. I was a, As a young man, I discovered alcohol, uh, and a fellow that would buy it for me and my friend, we'd sit over to his house, and we would drink, and, and I found myself getting so intoxicated that I'd fall in the hedge outside and be all cut up. And Was that immediately? Uh, it, Probably within a couple of weeks of drinking. Really? Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just started, it, that, and that started to continue. My family would have to come get me and those type of things. And yeah. then I progressed from that to marijuana and from that to pills and from that to heroin. And it was just a steady progression with me. And I used heroin for 25 years. And I absolutely believed that I was going to die an addict. I mean, I was convinced of it. Uh, I struggled with my addiction for, oh, 10, 15 years of that 25 years. You know, doing this, doing that, running to detox centers, going to methadone clinics and trying to detox with methadone, going to another methadone clinic right behind it. You know, the, these yeah. type of things. Just really a hard struggle. Finally, got off of that and was clean for a little while and went to methamphetamine. Mm. Now I'm on the, the other side and I somehow convinced myself that I could just go to sleep and I'd be all right with that stuff. You so, know? You, so you were on all the slowdown stuff and mm-hmm. then you went to go, go, go chemical. You bet. Yeah. Yeah. And there was a, uh, I'll say it, to just just say that there was a huge sexual drive with that too with this methamphetamine. And so I was on that for about 20 years. Mm-hmm. So that's, I give or take a, a year, mm-hmm. okay, or so. And uh, so that, that's about 45 years of addiction, practicing addiction. Right. In there, there was penitentiaries and, and all sorts of things and five marriages and wow. crazy stuff that uh, happened uh, all along that. And I had tried many things, and they failed. And I was absolutely appalled by the church, you know, so by some things, other things that happened. So I walked into the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous, and somebody made an approach to me, and they gave me this method by which to take a look at myself. And Mm -hmm. I absolutely, God had did something at that point to let me see who I was and my inability to knock this off. What was was the behavior that was behind um, the the consumption of of these different drugs? Uh, was it much more? Um, was it uglier after the methamphetamine started than it was before? Was, was did it really get ugly then, or was it always ugly? Always ugly. Okay. Yeah, it, it was just a uh, different kind of ugly, right? 
Yeah, and my life was ugly without it. Yeah. That's, Shaper, a, that's a key statement right there. Shaper, there was a, 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 a period of time where these things actually, I enjoyed them and uh, they fulfilled me. But then they turned on me to cut me to ribbons right. like that boomerang that Bill was talking about with alcohol. Right, right. And I did lots of things to try to replace that. Mm-hmm. You're like changing things up. Mm-hmm. Like people just to stop drinking wine and drink whiskey or don't drink whiskey, drink beer, these type of things. I tried everything, or the methadone, all these things to try to yeah. try to help me. But anyway, what it did for me, and here's the key for me, I believe that took place. If somebody took me through the steps, they impressed upon me that it was the first time in my life was a chance for me to examine myself with God's help. So I did that. And it worked for me. But I have to say this. After I did the 12 steps, I knew there was something wrong. So you just didn't put pen to paper and after 12, everything was hunky-dory. I went back Hmm. and I offered myself uh, to God as as my Lord and my Savior. As Christ as my Lord and my Savior. And I never did that before, ever. In my right. Life. Right. That transpired through trying to grow in my faith, and uh, and I did that. And I believe because I was allowed to see who I was, and my inability to knock that off—that if it wasn't drugs, it was women, it was all sorts of things—that uh, I needed a savior. I needed God in my life. Mm-hmm. So I asked Him. Um, I think with the humbleness I'd never been able to muster before, with a contriteness, and he came, and he entered into my life in such a way that he just flipped me over. And it's important for me to share that today. Yeah. That's why I'm sitting here in this room, right, on this radio station, is because he compels me. Uh, it's such a transformation, and it's not that I never believed. I just didn't believe it would be for me. Right. So you right. could believe, but do you know? Can you walk with him? Yeah. You see? And we hear people say all the time, I, well, I, I believe that's working for you, but I, I, I don't believe it can work for exactly. me. Exactly. And yet those same people will say, how do I how do I get what you're getting? And then we tell them, and, but they don't believe that'll work. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that is? Why do you think people don't believe it'll work for them? Well, I think that's the contempt and the prejudice is the idea. We're so discouraged and despondent from what's been taking place in our lives. Yeah. You know, and it isn't that people don't try or I hear people all the time. They come in, they really wanted to stay sober, but they weren't able to. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's the importance of having him in my life. Now, a lot of people believe that God did what they did for him. Me might be different, but I believe he relieved me of the obsession. You said um, that that you you had contempt towards the church. Um, were there people in your life before uh, you entered Alcoholics Anonymous? Were there people in your life who tried to speak the same things that you eventually learned in AA? Yes, but you just weren't ready to hear it, or were they just clouded by you know bad experiences or? Because of my contempt and my ideas and my own thoughts, yeah, you know the views of people right. and things, I didn't trust, didn't believe. 
I didn't want to hear it. You know what I mean? I thought that I could conquer this. I was consumed with with trying to do what, what I thought I could do. So so what was the difference when you went into Alcoholics Anonymous and started participating in the process? What was the difference between that? I mean, surely you still had contempt. Okay. A person showed me a method. And nobody had they showed you that before. They didn't run from me. They didn't. Uh, uh, okay. They didn't say just change. Yeah, to, to just tell me to knock it off. Right. They told me this. What if you can't knock it off? Ah. Uh, and see, and somehow that made sense to me. That's a different yeah, message than just knock if, it off, grow up, and yeah, stop what, it. What if yeah. I can't? They said, what if you placed yourself in, in a position where you're beyond human aid? You know? And I and they said, all we we're asking is that you take a look at that and see if that is true. So I did that. And they taught me how to ask for his guidance through this day. And, and I think that uh, God did a wonderful thing for me. He opened it up and showed me the darkness, just a speck of what it was, mm. of who I was. Mm-hmm. And that showed me absolutely my need for him. So now I'm approaching him differently. Right. And it was a process like Barb talks about. So all through this thing, I'm being taught, you know, to... Uh, up, to humble myself. I think in Peter it says, to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God, for your adversary walks about like a roaring lion, seeing who he can devour. Yeah. So it taught me to do that. Before I made plea bargains, I, you do this, I'll do that uh, type of thing. There was no contriteness. There was a, I was directing God, even in my prayers. Mm-hmm. And through this process and learning to grow, I... Hopefully, I can. Uh, I see that I'm looking for God's will and asking for the strength to carry that out. Yeah, I think yeah. that is one of the most profound statements that Alcoholics Anonymous has. Mm. And, yeah, um, very well said. Well yeah. said. Wow, mm. there it is, mm. right there. Your thoughts. I'm going to start with Marv. Marv. Um, so I'm going to go back a ways. Sure. Um, when Bruce first came in the program, um, he was pretty angry. <laughs> yeah, he was. <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty rough. And, <clears throat> uh, my, uh, mathematics may be off a little bit, but it was about four years or so into the program and, and, uh, he went back out give it a try yeah and of course a short time later he'd come back in but then there was something different about him coming back in and uh, uh, one day he was uh, um, the, the only way I can put it is having one of his uh, uh, angry days mm-hmm. and uh, and I was sitting there listening to him <clears throat> Uh, after the meeting, uh, we were talking, and, and he, what he was struggling with is is uh, this idea of God. Right. I mean, he was fighting it tooth and nail, and and not that that you know um, I've got it figured out or anything like that. But I, I told Bruce, I said, you know, um, Bruce, all you need is. Uh, uh, 
a faith the size of a mustard seed. And it wasn't too long after that. Uh, and, and I can't give you an exact time, but sure. it wasn't too long after that I, I saw a dramatic change happen. And I believe that's when he connected up with uh, uh, his sponsor and, right. and things started changing for him. The other part, uh, I, I thought the world of Bruce. Yeah. Um, um, when he first went in the hospital. For his first open heart? For the heart. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, I prayed for him uh, every day, just about. Um, and one of the things that I kept telling the Lord, you know, no, I'm telling the Lord, you know, right? <laughs> yeah, just like Bruce said, I, I was directing God in my prayers. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, you know, one of the things I was uh, saying is, you know, Lord, this guy here has uh, uh, been a great servant in AA. Hmm. And um, every time he goes, no matter what they're talking about, he had a way of uh, taking each step or whatever subject that was going on uh, and turn that around uh, to point the finger at God. Mm-hmm. And and sometimes uh, sometimes it wasn't real well received. Right. But he never quit, and that's what my prayer was based. He never on. backed down from that. No, mm-hmm. he never did, and. Um, and that's what my prayer was based on, Lord. He's he's a great servant of yours, and 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 I was asking for healing, and continued that all the way to the end, just about. So, um, yeah, yeah, he's he's with the Lord now, and uh, and I miss him. Yep. So. Thanks. Thanks, Marv. Tony? Mm-mm. Tell me, tell me what was, I'll let you think for a minute, and think about one of your favorite things that you can remember about him. Denver, we'll come back to Tony here in a minute. Yeah, uh, I didn't get to know Bruce very much. I spent right. a couple, three shows with him here, and we had some uh, conversation over coffee before the show started. Mm-hmm. But, uh, I loved the man's laugh. It's from the heart and from the belly, too. You could just tell. (laughs) When he he laughed, it was real. Yeah. So uh, I really don't have a lot to uh, contribute to uh, this other than uh, what little bit I did. I just listened to what he was saying there, and wow, a wonderful testimony, story, whatever you want to call it. Right. Uh, the directing God bit, and you just said it too, yeah. Mark, is so uh, dead on Mark. You know, it's like, God, I, I don't want to tell you what to do, but I'm going to. Uh-huh. And, uh, yeah, so uh, I know that he's home with the Lord, and uh, I did get to experience uh, one day he was having troubles. And, right. Uh, oh, that's right. Yeah. When we were leaving. Yeah. Yeah. He had some difficulty making it to the vehicle, and we ended up taking him to the doctor that day. But yeah, uh, it, the suffering part goes on for us here for the loved ones when we uh, when they go ahead and cross over to the other side. But uh, hallelujah. Mm-hmm. 
We know that uh, yeah. he, what we said, he watched the eclipse from the, the other side. So Yeah, you got to see the eclipse yeah. standing next to the yeah. Lord. Yeah, I really focus uh, a lot, uh, and we talked about that earlier this morning, how if you're not a Christian, uh, uh, losing somebody, death in general, uh, what a horrible experience. Mm-hmm. You know, there mm-hmm. is no hope. And mm-hmm. uh, having Jesus in your life, and, uh, you know, salvation really takes the edge off takes the sting i believe is yeah. what it's out yeah. of death you bet so uh bruce I, I know you're up there listening so have a great time we'll he's see going you. he's well, going thank goodness there's no <laughs> trivia we, yeah, amen. Right. amen so we'll see you again yeah uh, that's about it okay i think i'm good now are you good now <laughs> okay good no i remember um saturday when i talked to him I was like, oh, I love you, and da-da-da-da-da-da. He's like, well, anytime you feel sad and thinking about me, remember what I, the the Lord's work I did through me and, you know, spread that out around to others. And, yeah, you know, anytime you're feeling sad, you know, just think about the Lord's work I've been doing and teach it to other people and pass it on. And Right. I never got to give him his mounds bar, though. His mounds bar? I'm going to sneak one in yeah. his basket. <laughs> I was re- you were taking him one that day, huh? Yeah, I was yeah. going to. Yeah. Yeah, and I... Yeah. But he was a good man. I mean, I've learned a lot from him. And, so yeah. so I'm going to... Uh, I'm going to read a couple of things to you guys that, that really stood out to me about his character. Um, here's a statement. Christian living, void of the mission of Christ... What's the mission of Christ? To take the gospel, the good news, into all the world. The word. Right? Christian living with void of the mission of Christ is not what Christ had in mind for his followers. In other words, Christian living without sharing Christ is not what Christ had in mind. He, he, he doesn't want us to simply believe and go about our day. Uh, one of the things that Bruce and I had talked about on several occasions was that um, you know, somebody had said, well, my relationship with my higher power is very private. And Bruce and I had talked about that said, yes, it is very private, but it should never – I mean it's very personal is what they said. It's My relationship with my higher power is very personal. And we said, yes, it is very personal, but it ought never be private. It ought never be private because the mission of Christ is Christ. And, and to share that. And you don't have to Bible thumb somebody. All you got to do is ask God to send you somebody, and he will. Mm-hmm. And they'll start asking questions. And people ask him questions all the time. Mm-hmm. What's different about you? What is going on with you? And he would always share it. Here's the, here's the next one. You can't possibly follow Christ without following him into active involvement in his work around you. He said that, didn't he? No, actually, he didn't say that. Oh, he said something. I remember he said but something like that. He to said me stuff once. like that. Yeah. yeah. So you can't follow Christ unless you're actively involved mm-hmm. in his work around you. That's what following Christ is. That was an off air conversation we had mm, once yeah. before the show. Yeah. And he did that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this one we can't be useful to God in the public sphere if we are not putting him first in our private lives. Mm-hmm. 
So we talked about this at Life Group last night. You know, we have these 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 rooms in our soul, so to speak. And Jesus, you can have every one of them, but not that one. I'm not going to obey when it comes to this. That's mine. Um, and that hinders our ability to really share what Bruce was trying to share mm-hmm. was the love of God when we when we disobey in one area, but all the other areas were a good boy and girl. Except for that one spot. So what is it? Is it your relationships? Is it your money? Is it your attitude? You know, well, I have a right to be angry. So I'm just going to hold on to that. Whatever it is, it hinders, you know, and he knew that. And he was always, I mean, he'd come in here in the morning and he'd sit over in that that swivel chair by (laughs) the fish tank. Because he would have a hard time making it from the gate to the door and then he would rest there and I'd give him his coffee and he would talk to me about oh my gosh Monty my private life I need to work on that because I want to be an influence for God to be an actual follower of the Lord I need to really check on my private life what happens behind when the doors are closed and nobody's looking mm-hmm. and, they, and so he was always aware of that he was he, he never felt and looked at himself as somebody had a, who had arrived mm-hmm. and he would talk about going after God like he was a diamond ring instead of an old shoe. He said that constantly mm-hmm. because before he didn't care. He was just an old slipper. <laughs> whoop de doo It wasn't that he didn't believe, but he didn't really care. You know, and then that all flipped. It and I remember every, anytime I had a problem, he's like, well, who are you going to turn to? Who's the savior of all? Da, da, da. Yeah. I'm like, you, okay, I got it, Bruce. Are you going to turn uh-huh. to people? Are you going to turn to your God. own intellect? Mm-hmm. Are you going to turn to God? Mm-hmm. With everything, that was always his answer. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, he was, he was, he was very faithful in that. Um, so this this has been a this has been a difficult week mm-hmm. for a lot of people within the recovery community. Um, and somebody said to me. Yesterday, they said it seems like nobody's talking about Bruce. It seems like I mean, we should his, yeah. his face should be up yeah. on a billboard exactly. saying this was a man of God. And I'm That's... wondering if people just they're numb, perhaps. I don't know what's going on. I got upset the other day, and I'm not saying this is right by right? any means, but it was just a couple days after he passed away. Nobody was talking about it in the meetings. Right and uh, and I got upset. I said I, I don't understand why people don't honor this man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's gone. He provided a service that the results will never be fully known. Right, and uh, and nobody's talking about it. <clears throat> yeah, and, and and even even the graphic I made on on <clears throat> social media. We we have almost four thousand followers. On this show, on social media, and only a couple people even responded mm-hmm. that they were going to listen to the show. I was like, "What is up?" And I reposted everything you put. Right? Yeah, you, and, and, and you I won't lie; I was numb as well. Like I couldn't. Like James didn't even get to me before I found out. You know that, right? And then he came to my work, and I'm like, "I know," and he was trying to play it off. But that day, like just all week, I've just been yeah, like this is not even real. So people deal with or don't deal with these things in different ways. But I'm thinking oh, that yeah, we have a, whole, a, a whole lot of different, yeah, lot of different ways. ways. But we have a huge recovery community here. 
Yeah, and I think people and are just too scared to say anything. I don't. I don't. I don't, I don't understand. Mm-mm. And, and um, because if anybody carried the true message mm-hmm. that is moving through them twelve steps, Bruce H did. Mm-hmm. And some people, and I'm going to boldly say this: some people hated him for it <coughs> because some people hate God. Mm-hmm. And they may not even think they do. They may not even realize that. But that's just kind of the way it is. But see, Bruce did at one time. Bruce told me, he said, I hated you. Because you had a peace and I didn't have it. And I hated you for it. Mm-hmm. Until God changed my thinking. So here, here's, a, here's an example of a guy who thought like a lot of people think. And God turned it around. God totally turned it around. I remember he told me, he said... Uh, that his sponsor said at the time she wasn't his sponsor. She said, uh, she said to him, he says, like, I, I can stop drinking. She said, what if you can't, hmm. I may have a solution for you. Mm-hmm. Are you interested? And he said, well, yeah, of course. And God used her to speak things into his life that for whatever reason, other people weren't able to, you know, so are we listening are we keeping an open mind? Are we keeping an open heart? Are we considering the things that this man taught us? Are we going to go? What is going to be different because of his influence? For those who are listening, who just think this is another another day of, yeah, he was a great guy. We love him. We're going to miss him. And you go on with your life. Is, is there going to be any impact? Is there going to be anything in your life that you can consider what Bruce shared that will change the way you think. I hope so. Mm-hmm. Because I'll tell you what, every time I talked with him, um, it, it it required something of me. And that was that I consider that maybe I don't know as much as I think <laughs> right? I Right? I know me too. It's yeah. like, well, um, <laughs> he was so good about that too. And then he would always say, he'd always say, don't believe me. <laughs> Check yeah. it out for yourself. Yeah. yeah. Another thing that uh, I was just thinking about, and I uh, was his relationship with his grandson. Yes, <gasps> that yeah. was that was something else. I mean, uh, um, I, I don't even know how to talk about it. Really, I right. just know how special Bruce mm-hmm. uh, thought of his grandson and how concerned he was about his well-being. Oh, man. I remember up in the hospital. It was just a couple of days before. He passed. He was talking to his daughter, mm-hmm. and 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 I don't want to get too personal, but I just want to point out his concern for his grandson. He was <coughs> he was questioning her as to what was going to happen as far as her involvement, right, with uh, his grandson because yeah. because there was in his eyes at the time. I'm thinking that. There was nobody that was going to take over and really watch this kid mm-hmm. and, and take yeah. care of him. Yeah. They did and, have a special And it was a real concern for it him. It was. Yeah. He was number one to him. Mm-hmm. I mean, he yeah. was. And totally. They, and he would, he, would, he would bring him to mm-hmm. the studio. And that kid is sharp. Mm-hmm. And, and what a great kid. I mean, he just, just was. He was polite. He was everything. And, and yet, you know, he, he uh, what, what's the word? Um. If anybody is eligible to really go sideways, it's a lot of people that are that age today. Mm-hmm. 
because of the things going on just in the world. I mean, you know, if, whether it's family or society or, or school or the different stuff that goes on. And yet this kid, he had something. Mm-hmm. And I think he got a lot of it from his grandpa. Oh, definitely. A lot of it from his grandpa. I think he was more of a, a like a father figure than a grandfather. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this this is difficult stuff, but, but uh, you know, we we honor him and and... and I'm so grateful. I'm so privileged to have known this man um, for for all the years that I've known him. Uh, I was thinking back over the different meeting buildings that we've been to and yeah. some of the road trips he and I went on and some of the different people that we both worked with or we shared working with and then him working you know, the principles of steps with me and, and, and that kind of thing. And I just, it's just an endless amount of memories. I, I just, yeah. it, it doesn't stop, you know. Um, he got it. Mm-hmm. He really, really got it. And, uh, yeah. I don't know, what else do you say? <laughs> you know? Except for we'll see He you had soon. really bad jokes, though, sometimes. <laughs> yeah, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I remember one time he dropped me off and he was like, and then he went to his daughter's house and he goes, there's where that crazy Italian lives right there. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that about him. Uh, so probably the, the, the slogan that he is most famous for saying, he would end most visitations, most phone calls, and most conversations with, Keep the faith, brother. I was mm-hmm. just going to say, mm-hmm. it's got to be keep the faith. Yeah. Keep the faith. Yeah. And uh, Bruce H., he kept the faith. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. He kept the faith. Well, that's it for this show. And so we retire his microphone. I gave him a, a microphone, much like the one that's in there. And uh, I hope I hope it goes somewhere. Maybe his grandson will have it. Mm-hmm. That'll be a good thing. So, listen, uh, we have a ton of archives in our YouTube channel. Uh, you can go there by going to youtube.com forward slash Monty Meyer, M-O-N-T-Y-M-E-Y-E-R. And there's tons of archives in there. And Bruce is on a whole <laughs> buttload of them. Uh, if you want to hear some good recovery stuff, check those out. That's what I'm going to say. <laughs> Check him out because he's got a lot to share still, even though he's not with us now. There's a lot to share, and they'll be up for a very, very long time. So, my friends, uh, that does it for another broadcast of Take 12 Radio. Until next time, we're wishing God's perfect serenity for you. This has been a broadcast of Take 12 Recovery Radio and KHLT Recovery Broadcasting.